Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Hi, my name is Dan Dick, and welcome to Church Matters. These few simple but powerful words come from Isaiah 1.17 and will be the basis of our conversation today about the pilgrimage for Indigenous rights taking place from April 23rd to May 14th. The goal is to bring attention to the ways in which Indigenous peoples have not been honoured or respected for their culture and to seek healing for the ways in which they remain unequal to white settlers. The Pilgrimage for Indigenous Rights is a response to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or TRC, which completed its final report in 2015. The TRC issued a series of calls to action for churches. One of those calls is to support Canada's adoption and implementation of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. The Pilgrimage for Indigenous Rights is a 600-kilometre journey, Along that journey, walkers will raise awareness of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples and why it's important to heal wounds inflicted by white Christian settlers and their government. Pilgrims will walk from Kitchener-Waterloo to Ottawa, Ontario, meeting with local people along the way for learning and conversation. Joining me today are two people who are committed to walking the pilgrimage. Henry Newfeld is 87 years old. He's been a teacher and church worker among the Indigenous people in central and northern Manitoba going back to 1952. Henry is rare among white settlers in that he is fluent in Ojibwe. Kathleen Vitt is 29 years old. She is an international studies graduate from Canadian Mennonite University, has served with MCC's SALT program in Bolivia, and has worked with Indigenous youth in Winnipeg. Welcome to Church Matters, Kathleen and Henry. Thank you. Thank you. Why is this important to you? Let's start with Kathleen first and then Henry. For me, this walk is important through the work that I've done um, with Indigenous peoples, with Indigenous youth. It's become apparent to me how clear it is for calls to action, in particular with the church. Um, The church has been historically a body that has... um, helped create oppression in lots of ways. And I think it's so important for the church to respond to the calls to action. And this is such a concrete way that the church is doing that. Henry, what about you? I think it's an effort to disclose the uh, many uh, inconsistencies that have happened uh, over over the years. In the late 1800s, a treaty was signed uh, and an agreement made between uh, the indigenous and the settler of all the things that uh, would happen, but uh, they have not. Uh, In general, uh, I think we have always referred to them as being treaty, whereas it has been uh, made very clear to us that we are treaty because a treaty cannot be signed by one person only. It is, it is by uh, uh, two or more uh, people. In many cases, this treaty has not been kept up. Uh, if I would uh, draw an analogy for a contractor to building a house for someone, he needs to go through the uh, true to the assignment that was signed in the first place to go through with the full building. If not, then he needs to correct it. And in this way, I think we as a church need to do, take measures to correct what has been done wrong over the years. Kathleen, how does the pilgrimage connect with your story? 
The pilgrimage connects with my story deeply. Um, half of my family is Métis, my father's side, and the other half is Mennonite. I've grown up deeply connected to both of these cultures and have seen personally the ways that the church has been used historically through the residential school system um, by the state to oppress and to enact cultural genocide on indigenous peoples. I've seen the intergenerational trauma that's resulted from that in my in the work that I've done um, walking alongside indigenous youth. And I think it's so important for me as a church-going member, as a Christian, to respond and to be a voice of solidarity and to be just a walking, open, listening ear that is also willing to raise up the importance of Bill C-262. I feel like this connects with me very, very deeply. And for our listeners who don't know what Bill C-262 is? Bill C-262 would implement UNDRIP, so the United Nations Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous People, as a legislative framework um, that Canada could work with. So all legislation would kind of have to be passed with uh, UNDRIP as its background. Um, the legal system in Canada has been a colonial system that has not honored or respected or given rights to Indigenous peoples on this land. And this would give concrete legislative power for Indigenous people to to have footing to, you know, to claim their rights on this land. So it's incredibly important. Henry, I asked Kathleen how this pilgrimage connects with her story. What is your connection with this story? I came uh, to uh, Canada uh, in 1930, uh, as a settler uh, with my family, I was uh, only three months old when I arrived. Uh, I think it is uh, uh, very important to realize that, that it, it's a pilgrimage. It's a journey, and it was a long journey for us to leave uh, all kinds of horrible conditions in the Ukraine, uh, which uh, my parents uh, could not uh, contend with. Uh, and uh, in, now uh, there are many settlers that actually came here much earlier, and in many cases, um, the the they have created uh, horrible conditions for for the uh, Métis and for the, uh, the the treaty, uh, and which has caused real difficulties. And now I think we, with this pilgrimage. We have uh, an offer, an opportunity uh, to make this a holy venture, uh, to uh, strive for healing, to strive for reconciliation. Some in the church are wondering if this pilgrimage is too political for the church to engage. They're not sure that it connects to the gospel. Kathleen, how would you respond to that? I believe that Jesus's message in lots of ways was political. Jesus um, brought the oppressed into light. He, he raised up the concerns and the humanness of marginalized peoples in our world. And I feel like that's what this is doing. We are bringing light to darkness. We are shining light on areas where there has been oppression and discrimination in Canada. I feel like that is really in line with the message of Jesus and kind of a welcoming embrace of the people that have been maligned in our community. Henry, is this pilgrimage too political? Uh, no, uh, I th it, it not only uh, connects, but for me and my experience, it is the gospel. And, and I think uh, very much of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, Rick Hansen, who made a state working with Mennonite Church Canada 
in China made the statement, learning the language uh, uh, is not preparing, it is proclaiming the gospel. And I feel that that is what uh, this is all about. In, in, in John chapter uh, 13, verse 35, Jesus says, if you have the love for one another, then everyone will know that you are my disciples. And I think we are to be a mirror to reflect this uh, Jesus. And uh, in this walk, I think it is a wonderful way, a powerful way to demonstrate the love of Jesus. Do you think the church has a special responsibility to do this work? Or is it sufficient just to have individual Christians respond? Kathleen. I, I think that the church needs to respond as an institution. The church was used by the state in residential schools as the state tool or the state institution to create, to, to run the system and to create a, a cultural genocide. And I feel like at this point, if the church now is, says, oh, actually, we can't be involved when we were involved in the undoing, but not involved in the reconciliation and the reparation work. It, it feels wrong. It feels like we're shying away when it's uncomfortable and very difficult and messy. I, I'm so grateful that so many individuals have responded. But these are the uncomfortable, uncomfortable truths that we need to, to own to and to face and to say, yeah, we were part of all of this wrongdoing. And we also need to be part of the way forward. Henry, church response versus individual response. I think they are both desperately needed, just uh, like, uh, for example, on a, a soccer team. Every member of that team needs to put forth uh, his or her uh, effort to get a, a, a goal and do their part. And for those that are in the bleachers uh, that cannot be a part of the team, they are still a part of it. They can cheer on and support them. And I think that's what we as individuals and as a church need to do. For folks who are not sure if they should or how they can support you and all the walkers, what would you say to them, Kathleen? The most concrete thing that people could do is to really sit and engage with the calls to action of the TRC with themselves and with their church community to say, how can we respond to these in meaningful ways? This pilgrimage is one way that's concrete and tangible, but I'm hoping that it creates conversation in churches about what where in Winnipeg or where in other communities can we engage meaningfully with Indigenous peoples, with communities, with the oppression that's occurred? I, I'm hoping that it generates conversation and also some concrete actions and relationships. Henry, how can folks support you or other walkers? By walking with me in uh, their minds and in their, their, their prayers. Uh, I'm trusting, I've signed up that I wanted to walk the whole distance, but uh, that uh, the that the people uh, on and the and the audience can pray, and I think we also all need to plant a seed in, within uh, our minds to promote a positive attitude toward Indigenous people, and we have come a long ways. Uh, uh, 
are long distance of, of, of negative feelings. They are different. They are, uh, they are uh, in, they're indigenous. They, they are hunting and gathering people, and we don't understand as, as uh, agri- agricultural people. We don't, have not understood this, but we need to understand that. And if we plant a positive seed in our minds, I think it's going to go with us. I feel like building off of what Henry said in some ways and our lack of understanding, I feel like in ways we can other people, you know, we can other people that we don't understand, whether that's Muslim people, whether that's gay people, whether that's indigenous people. And I think the answer to that always is to build relationships and to seek out stories and to build human connection. That is the way that we understand each other as God's people. That is the way that we know each other and that we see the divine in each other. Um, and so if churches or people or listeners can find ways to do that, I think that is such a concrete response to the calls to action. Anything else you'd like to add, Henry? I was thinking uh, of the comment that's often made, uh, uh, they're uneducated. Uh, many, and, and especially at Pangasi, uh, when we started there in 1955, uh, there had never been a school before. And as far as formal education, there was none. And that's why we were asked to go there. But as we lived with the people, we realized they had the equivalent of 10 PhDs by what they knew of survival uh, in uh, very harsh conditions, supplying for their families, etc., etc. Henry, I understand you've already been uh, training heavily for the long walk. I've been, since the beginning of February, I've been trying to get uh, five to six kilometers uh, each day, and in the next month, I hope I can get two sessions in a day, one in the morning and one in the evening. Is there a sign-off greeting, Henry, you would like to give our audience, perhaps in Ojibwe? And that means? I thank you for listening to what we have to share. Henry, Kathleen, thanks so much for joining me in this conversation. Prayers and best wishes for the journey. Thank you. Miigwech. Thank you. That concludes our conversation with Henry Newfeld and Kathleen Witt-Walkers in the Pilgrimage for Indigenous Rights. If you'd like to know more about the Pilgrimage for Indigenous Rights, visit www.pfir.ca or call 1-866-888-6785. You're invited to join me again in just four weeks for another episode of Church Matters. We're here for you at 8.45 a.m. on the third Sunday of every month. We love to hear from our listeners, whether it's by email, phone, or snail mail. Tell us what's on your mind via churchmatters at mennonitechurch.ca or mail us at 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. This program and the ministries of Mennonite Church Canada rely on your gifts. We appreciate your generous giving via mennonitechurch.ca. I'm your host, Dan Dick. Know that you are called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Thanks for listening. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.